Hi, and welcome to episode 110 of the podcast. Today, I am so excited to be talking to my brilliant colleague and friend, Vanessa Cooper. Vanessa is one of the smartest women I know. She has her master's in anatomy, she's a strength and conditioning coach, and a brilliant personal trainer to women of all ages, and she is so incredibly passionate about working with moms and moms-to-be to help them feel their absolute best. Today, she sits down to chat with us and clear up a lot of misinformation out there when it comes to exercise during pregnancy. Trust me, it's an episode you will not want to miss. Enjoy! Welcome to Vino and Vaginas, the podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Dion, and I'm here to bring you interviews from the absolute best and brightest in their field, all about issues related to being a woman, from health and fitness to sex and dating and everything in between. My mission at Vino and Vaginas is to explore these topics, health, sexuality, and everything related to being a woman in a fun and safe environment free of shame, embarrassment, or stigma. It's going to be an amazing time. Now, let's get to it. All right. First off, I just want to thank you, Vanessa, for coming on the podcast to talk about this important topic that can often, well, it can often confuse the heck out of women. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. And, and really, there's so much information and misinformation out there when we're talking about exercise during pregnancy. There are so many piece of, pieces of advice that are conflicting. And so it's really no wonder that women get worried and confused and nervous of doing really any exercising, whether it's starting to do it or continuing it. In fact, I know, at least myself, I see women all the time who end up just doing nothing because they don't want to do the wrong thing. So then that's what they choose. I don't know. Do you see that much? Uh, I definitely do. Um, or I, I probably more hear it more often because usually by the time I'm seeing them, um, we're working together. So they're doing some type of exercise program, um, whether or not, you know, it's, it's training one-on-one with myself or um, working in my Strong as a Mother program. So it really... Um, but yes, I definitely do hear that. Or even um, if I've been working with people now during their second pregnancy, and sometimes they're like, oh, I wish I had done this during the first pregnancy, but I didn't know, or I was unsure. And really a lot of times people are nervous and scared. And again, like I said, not sure what they should be doing because it's just such an important time and you don't want to do anything wrong. Um, so, um, so yeah, it just, it, I, I hear it a lot. Yeah, no doubt. And so you mentioned you're strong as a mother program. What is that program? Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes. Yeah, so it is, I absolutely love my strong as a mother program and all of my moms and babies in the program. Um, so I started the program, uh, in May of 2019. So it was right when I was coming back from mat leave after having my first, um, my first baby Cameron. And, um, I just, I just absolutely love it. It, it, it started out um, being for moms that were uh, postpartum. 
So they would come on mat leave and it's an hour class and we all work out together um, and moms bring their babies and it's just tons of fun. And I also then transitioned into having some women come that were pregnant as well, which is also great because then they were, you know, maintaining their strength and getting stronger as well during their pregnancy, which had a great impact on their labor and delivery and then postpartum. And it's just been absolutely amazing to be able to work with and help so many, so many moms um, and meet so many great people. And now during COVID, uh, we've actually transitioned everything to Zoom, which again has just been absolutely amazing. The group of moms are just very, they're just very, very dedicated and very in inspiring because um, they have just stuck through it. Um, during this very difficult time. That's amazing. And one yeah. thing I'll tell our listeners is actually, I have a number of clients who work with Vanessa too, and they cannot say anything short of incredible things about her. Oh. And they, they love their time with you and they always get a good workout and they feel like they're getting stronger and they just love it. So obviously you're passionate about what you do. And I think that's incredible. Oh, that's so sweet here. I just, I absolutely love it. I love every, everything about it. They're just amazing, amazing people to be working with. And I just love my Tuesdays and Thursdays with them. And they, um, they just make my day so much better. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> that's amazing. Now, when it comes to exercise, so obviously we're kind of narrowing in on exercise during pregnancy today. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to this topic, for years and years, we've been hearing the same message, right? Just keep doing what you've already been doing. Don't do anything new, move, or move, move your body, but don't try anything new or don't push it. And I know we've luckily evolved past this because that's pretty unhelpful advice for most people, right? It's very vague. It doesn't leave much room to know what, what is safe and what isn't. So my question to you is what is the message that we are currently telling women regarding exercise? So it has changed and it's amazing that it's actually changed. And it, the new exercise guidelines actually came out October, 2018. And I remember the day, so Cameron was born September. Uh, so the month before, and I remember um, actually being on the couch, nursing him and reading the new exercise guidelines and being so excited to be able to post them um, because now the guidelines say that if yes, yeah, so if you have been working out to continue doing what you've normally done um, throughout your pregnancy, but if you have never worked out before in your life, you can actually start an exercise program safely. And more importantly, you need to start an exercise program. Um, we have and know so much about the positive health benefits and impacts impacts it has exercise has on mom and baby and it's really really important that women exercise when they're pregnant and again i i understand really at any point in your life starting an exercise program 
is challenging and scary and can be very difficult. But and most of the times we don't really want to do it. It's really hard um, because we have a million other things that we need to do. But this is something you really need to do. And it's really important that you start setting the habit for yourself now. Um, and, you know, I'll say to people, if you, if you don't start now, when are you going to start? Right? It, life after a baby isn't going to get any less crazier, right? So you need to really, you, you need to start now. And again, the biggest thing is that if you haven't exercised before, you can safely start now. That's the, the big, big, big take home message here from these new exercise guidelines. So you can start, but you should also definitely start, right? They say, they talk about the importance of doing it. Yes. We actually say, um, you know, women that, um, you know, aren't following the recommendations really definitely should um, and should really focus on getting some type of physical activity uh, daily. It's really strongly recommended that you start. That's awesome. I know I tend to see people in pregnancy kind of, I mean, we all have different thoughts regarding exercise and how motivated we are to do it. But I often see during pregnancy, people can be rather motivated, right? Because you know, you're exercising for two and you're knowing that it's more than just you now. And on the flip side, I see people who just maybe feel pretty crummy during their, you know, first trimester, but are willing to at least get out and do walking or something just to move. Cause I know maybe nausea is a thing and maybe they all don't feel like they can do too much, but I know you work with a lot of people who feel maybe not the best all the time and there's still things you can do with them, right? Oh yes, absolutely. I mean, um, I'm working with, uh, a few, a uh, few moms right now that are women, sorry, I should say that are pregnant and, um, you know, it's definitely different for everybody and every trimester is going to be different for everybody. The first trimester, I remember even for myself feeling, yes, very nauseous, extremely tired where I felt like I could probably sleep all day. Um, but, uh, with that being said, yes, you you can still do things. And like you said, Cassie, if it's whether or not it's, you know, walking or going for a light hike, um, or like I said, I'm working with a few moms right now where we're going through a warm up and a few key core exercises. And, you know, as they start to feel better, you know, we'll progress the intensity and duration and types of exercises, but the key is keeping the habit for yourself or also starting the habit. And if that ends up being, you know, a 15 or 20 minute walk, um, and then we just keep building on it, then that's what we, that's what we do. I love that. And you mentioned some key core exercises, and I want to come back to that later. But before we get to that, you mentioned also benefits of exercising during pregnancy. What, what are they? What are the benefits? So there are so many benefits um, for exercise and pregnancy. And I'll just list off a few. I made, I have a few off the top of my head. Um, But one that comes to mind, the first one is really, you're helping prepare your body for labor and delivery. Um, And that can be obviously any way that the baby is obviously delivered, but um, it's, 
It's helping to prepare you for that day. And also after that day to help care for yourself postpartum for yourself and also your baby. And also if you have other children as well. So that's definitely one of the huge benefits of it. It will also help prevent excess weight gain, um, which again, obviously weight gain is important during pregnancy, but it will help prevent excess weight gain. I've also worked with a lot of women who tend to have a lot of disruptive sleep patterns as well during pregnancy. And when they're exercising regularly, it definitely helps with improving their sleep. Um, again, it might not completely fix every single um, problem under the sun, but it definitely helps with that. I also found for myself, it was a huge stress relief. So, you know, there you, you will feel stress when, you know, if it's just regular life stress, um, or even the stress of, you know, being pregnant, um, and the responsibility and the worry, um, that comes along with everything. So it definitely helps with stress as well. And again, there are so many, there are tons of positive health benefits for mom and also baby and having a positive impact on your baby's health as well. And we've, we've already touched on this, but it also just, it, it keeps that habit for you as well, which is really, um, I think really, really key is keeping the habit for yourself as well. So those would definitely be the positive health benefits that I would, that I would be focusing on. I mean, when we're talking exercise, there's so many benefits in every aspect of our life. I think those are really important ones, but I hope, yeah, I hope people realize that there's more to it than just, you know, staying moving well and, and weight loss. But like you said, it's preparing you for the, the day, the big day of labor and delivery. It's preparing you for postpartum. And there's so much important things with that. Oh, for sure. I mean, if you think of it, you know, after you have your baby, you are carrying the baby and the, the car seat and you're carrying, you know, the diaper bag. And then you could also be carrying a toddler on top of that. So you need to be, you need to be strong, obviously, you know, during, and then after. So you need to, you need to make sure you're preparing yourself for that. And one thing we always talk about is, you know, when you're expecting a baby leading up to it, you have so many doctor's appointments, you see the pelvic floor physio, you go see Vanessa, there's so many appointments for you. And then you have the baby and there's almost no appointments for you. There's like the six week checkup. And then hopefully you're, you know, seeing a physio and after kind of that time seeing Vanessa still seeing you, but yeah, you go from having a lot of care to not a lot of care. And so if you can prepare your body and be strong and feel, you know, as good as possible, then that will help with the, the after time as well. Oh, absolutely. I remember, you know, I mean, I, I, I trained consistently during my pregnancy and I remember like the day where I had to take Cameron for his first doctor's visit and, you know, I felt so weak. Like I couldn't believe still like, you know, I was just so physically exhausted and then also just still felt really weak after, you know, labor and delivery. And even then, like I had still trained, you know, throughout pregnancy and you just, until you've gone through it, you don't realize that that recovery time and period, again, it's going to be different for everybody, but, um, 
why it's still so important to still prepare yourself as best as you can, because you really don't know what is going to happen after, you know, you, 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 you try and plan for it and have an idea, but you really don't know. So the stronger you can go into it, um, you know, I, I, I like to really truly believe then it, it will help. <laughs> I think so. They, there was a study, oh gosh, time, time is a weird concept right now. I think it must've been about a year right now, but who knows in this COVID time, there was a study <laughs> that actually likened pregnancy to a ridiculously hard endurance sport. Right. And they just said, <laughs> It was a really cool study. I'll have to find it again. Uh, but it's basically just saying like women are at their absolute kind of max endurance, you know, athleticism essentially by being pregnant because that's the demand it is on your body. So it's a huge thing. And obviously training that and working with someone who knows how to optimize their health at that time is so important. Absolutely. Yes. And okay. I have to say, you know, pregnancy, I had a very good team around me. So I had, you know, I had you and I had Whitney and you guys definitely helped me with everything. We were happy to do it, Vanessa. (laughs) I guess we should say for listeners who don't know, Vanessa and I have worked together for a very long time. (laughs) Since 2010. So it's been 10 years. Oh my God. It's crazy. crazy. Uh, okay, Vanessa, we know that obviously it's good to be- to exercise when you're pregnant. You listed some of the benefits, but depending on how women are feeling or a host of other factors, some will still struggle to get moving or to start exercising. So to this, I want to ask you, are there any negative consequences or harms of not exercising? So in other words, how bad is it for a woman to not exercise during pregnancy? Well, um, again, that's, it's definitely going to depend on the person. So, um, you know, it, it, it's going to be very much dependent, I would say, but when you look at, um, the Canadian, when you look at the guidelines and you go to the, uh, Canadian society of exercise physiology website and the guidelines are there, actually, they've just been updated for 2019. Um, and the recommendations that they give um, are so important because they actually reduce the risk of certain things with pregnancy. So things like depression or even developing high blood pressure or preeclampsia or gestational diabetes, following the guidelines that they've set for exercise actually help reduce a woman's risk of developing those. So again, not to say that, you know, everyone will develop those if they don't Mm -hmm. exercise, but following the exercise protocols help reduce the risk of actually developing them. So again, you know, not to say again, everyone will have those things happen, but if you can prevent them or be proactive with it, then it's definitely something I think you should it would try and encourage. And again, I understand, you know, there's definitely certain contraindications for uh, exercise and pregnancy. So it's really going to be dependent on the person. That makes sense. But I do love, I love that these are the guidelines. I love that this is the message we're starting to really, really put out there. The exercise is very beneficial and can reduce negative consequences during pregnancy. So I just love that. 
I mean, we know it's so important in all aspects of life and for everyone. And it's something that we both counsel people on every day, but it's really great just to help people realize how critical and how important it really is. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Luckily, like with the guidelines, we see that the research is starting to back this up. And I think that's amazing. I think it's crazy that it took so long for these guidelines to be released and to to talk about this. So you've referenced them a couple of times. Can you tell us a little bit more specifically what the guidelines says? Absolutely. So, um, so there's specific guidelines that, again, the Canadian Society for Exercise Physiology has released. And you can go right to the website and they're right on there. And the first one states that all women without contraindications should be physically active throughout pregnancy. So that's the first one. And then the second one states that at least 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity exercise should be performed. So you can break that down into like five 30 minute workouts if you wanted to, or, you know, really any combination that you want to do um, as it has to be at least 150 minutes. Um, And then it should, it also states that pregnant women should incorporate a variety of aerobic and resistance training activities. And that can also include things like yoga or a gentle stretch session as well. And it also states that pelvic floor muscle training should be performed on a daily basis to help reduce the odds of urinary incontinence, um, which obviously can help uh, pelvic floor um, physio will help with that or can help with that. And then the last one states that if lightheadedness, nausea, or any feelings of being unwell or experienced during any type of exercise, on your back, then that exercise should be modified. So those are the current guidelines on, again, the CSEP website. Okay. And you mentioned in terms of the duration, you mentioned it could be broken up or it could be longer sessions. And so that just depends on obviously the person and what they're comfortable with or what they're able to do. The other thing you mentioned, I want to touch on, as you said, it should be moderate Uh, intensity. So what does moderate intensity mean? So how does someone know if they're working at a moderate intensity? So that's a really good question. And um, a moderate intensity, um, we're moderate, when we're looking at that for exercise, there's a scale that we can use. And it's called the rating of perceived exertion scale. Um, So you might, the short form it is RPE. So some people might be more familiar seeing it in the short form. Um, But essentially, when we're looking at that, at that scale, you want to be between 12 and 14 on it's a 12 point scale. And again, that can be hard to really gauge. So Typically, what I'll uh, what I'll remind people is you should be able to do what's called like a talk test. So the goal is that you're working at an intensity where you can still have a normal conversation. If you're so out of a breath that you still can't talk, it's a sign that you're working past that advised rating of perceived exertion for women who are pregnant. So that's 
when you hear that it's hard to gauge, right? Moderate intensity, that can be very different for everybody. But when we're looking at that rating of perceived exertion scale, that's what we're talking about. So again, okay. a simple talk test is, um, is, is the best thing to kind of go by. And super easy. And even if you're alone, you can kind of try to talk to yourself or I always make my clients either go through the alphabet or count to 10 or something. <laughs> so you, there's different <laughs> methods you can do. <laughs> that's a really good, that's a really good idea. Actually, Cass, I never thought about that. <laughs> or sometimes like in pelvic floor physio, depending on what we're doing, a lot of times people will hold their breath and if they think too much, they just hold their breath more. So I just say count to 10 and then you know that they're counting or sorry, they're breathing, right? Because <laughs> if you're talking, they're breathing. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you mentioned a combination of strength training and aerobic training in terms of exercise modalities. It, are any of them fair game? So running, cycling, strength training, yoga, anything, or is there anything in particular maybe we shouldn't be doing? So again, it, I hate to always keep saying this, but a lot of the times it will depend on the person. So, um, and you know, the person's training history, what their pregnancy is like and how they're, how they're feeling as well. And during pregnancy, that's going to change every day. And obviously throughout the different trimesters, there's really no cookie cutter answer for that. Um, like I said, right now I'm working with quite a few women who are pregnant and each one of their training programs right now is very different where one of them is focusing on Pilates, one of them is focusing on still strength and conditioning and the other one is focusing completely on a body weight program. Um, so it, it really, really depends on the person and that's where working with you know an experienced fitness coach um, helps with that. So then you, you don't just feel like, oh, well, you know what? I, I just, I can't do this. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not sure. It, it really depends on the, the person and what they specifically need. Yeah. And that's so true. And that's something where like I talk about with my clients every day too. It's rare that you'll actually hear me demonize any exercise, right? There's no necessarily bad exercise out there. Well, maybe, the, maybe a few, but for the most part, it's how the exercise is done and, and whether it's appropriate for the person doing it. And it sounds like that's what you're saying too, with your clients who are pregnant, that really, it depends on, you know, their history, their, how they're feeling and how they're performing the exercise. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, even, you know, on the coaching floor at the studio, it's the same thing, like day to day, uh, you know, there's different, you know, modifications people will need for certain exercises, depending on how they're feeling that day, or even during my strong as a mother class, you know, depending on, what that person needs during that day at that moment, you know, things need to be changed um, or adapted or modified. And that's just, you know, that that's kind of just life. <laughs> so, so true. Um, it's, yeah. And it's, it's definitely the case as well during pregnancy. It's going to be dependent on the person. And I think that then means if you're pregnant right now and you have a question about whether you should be writing or you should be doing X, Y, or Z, then contact maybe one of us or contact your health professional or your fitness professional, and then they'll be able to better advise you for your specific case, right? Yes, exactly. 
Um, okay. So I always like to talk to my clients about ideals versus real world. <laughs> and I always talk about, okay, in an ideal world, maybe this is what happens, but we do not live in an ideal world. And I think we never have, but I think these last, what are we in eight, nine, 10 months of a pandemic have really taught us that we're not. And so I want to talk about reality and for women who are pregnant, maybe for the first time going through it, stressed, anxious, or maybe for the second, third or fourth time, is there an ideal that they should be reaching for? Is that the guidelines? And if that's true, is there a minimum dose that would still be effective if they can't reach those ideals? Yes, absolutely. I would say that the minimum dose would be two days a week for 30 minutes. Um, and full disclosure, there have been weeks where that's what I've done, you know, and again, it's a matter of focusing on keeping the habit and focusing on purposeful movements that are going to help you stay strong, healthy, and, you know, moving um, in the best way that you can. And again, we, we all get it, you know, life is crazy and there's stress and there's responsibilities. And sometimes it just, everything just feels very overwhelming. So really um, when it comes down to that and you're dealing also with pregnancy, if the minimum dose, and if you can just focus on two days a week for 30 minutes, um, that's what I would say. And again, I also am currently working with people and that's what they're doing, but they're focusing on things that are, again, like I said, very purposeful, um, that are going to help with their strength and mobility and really just making them feel, feel good. Um, you know, both physically and mentally, cause that's really all we really want. That's, that's what we want. We want to feel good. <laughs> it's true. And I love that having those those two sessions or those five sessions or whatever, where you're really focused on deliberate, intentional movement that's going to help you get towards your goals. And then maybe on the other days, maybe like do a couple squats while the kettle is, you know, waiting to whistle or whatever a kettle does <laughs> or, <laughs> or go for a five minute walk or just try to incorporate movement in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Kettles, they whistle, right? I'm not crazy. <laughs> Yeah, they whistle. You're right. <laughs> do the non-stovetop ones, do the ones that you plug in, do those ones whistle too? Or is it just the stovetop ones that whistle? It's a very important no. question today. <laughs> I'm sure they all whistle. Do they? they? Okay. Some kind of like, like little rumbling sound to know that. <laughs> <Whoa. laughs> is a rumble and a whistle the same thing? I don't think. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to test this out. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's listening has a non stovetop kettle, you tell me if it whistles because I only have a stovetop. <laughs> uh, all right, I guess back to pregnancy. Uh, obviously, we've chatted about it, but obviously, pregnancy is such a significant transition in someone's life. Literally, your insides are changing, your outsides are changing, your center of mass is changing dramatically and very quickly. There's lots of hormones going on. There's stress and anxiety about 
the whole process really. Um, <laughs> and your needs are evolving. Your abilities are evolving. What does that mean for an exercise program? Should the exercise women do during this time evolve as well? And is it basically just based on how they feel or do we evolve it independent of that? That's a really good question. Um, and I'll admit, I think, not I think, I know during my pregnancy, I fought having to change or evolve <laughs> because I wanted to still be able to do, you know, what I wanted to do. And I, you, you really have to, you know, check your ego and just realize that for me, anyways, I think, and for a lot of the women that I've worked with and are working with, it is going to change and, you know, and that's okay because it's not going to be forever. And it, it has to change because there's sometimes, you know, it got to the point where, yeah, I couldn't do push-ups from the ground anymore. I had to do them on an incline <laughs> and that was okay. At least I was still doing, you know, a type of push-up. Um, and again, with pregnancy, your weight gain is happening very dramatically. So, Yes, the amount of weight, if you're you know, accustomed to doing more strength training programs, the amount of weight that you're used to lifting is going to change because you might have already an extra 30 or 35 pounds on you. So yes, it, it, I think it, it does have to change and it will change. And you know, types of exercises you might, might do will change and it might be more body weight exercises, but again, that's, that's fine. It's not, like I said, it's not forever. Something I had to really work on because I had such chronic back pain was, you know, focusing on things that didn't make my back pain worse. So, and that's where knowing how to modify certain exercises or being able to do different things. So you still are moving and feeling good are, are, are really important. Um, so yes, I think it, it, it does change and evolve and it's okay for it to, to do that because like I said, it's, it's not forever and, um, and you just have to know you're doing the best thing for yourself and the baby. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, it depends on your goals too. During pregnancy, I'm assuming most people have a little bit different goal than, than otherwise, right? It's not necessarily to compete in a weightlifting competition or to do whatever their goal might be. It, I'm assuming it does change. So that said, what are good goals that women should strive for during this time? So a good goal I, you know, try and encourage is just to be, strong both mentally and physically you know it's it's going to test you and challenge you on a lot of different levels and what I found for myself was my workouts helped me for that or and, and with that uh, I very clearly remember being in the delivery room and the nurse asking me if I worked on a farm for a living because I was so strong <laughs> so and you know Corey my husband in the background he's just like no she just likes to lift weights like you know but you know at the same time I think preparing yourself um to be 
mentally and physically strong would be one of the best things that you can do for yourself. And I truly believe that an exercise program, however your exercise program is and needs to be for you is one of the best things you can be doing for that. Mm -hmm. I agree. I definitely agree. So say a woman feels pretty good during their pregnancy, right? They don't have any major nausea or lightheadedness or anything kind of that jumps out at you. Should they just continue their strength program that they did before and then just do what they can? Or should they actually modify or adjust or maybe take some exercises out or put specific ones in? I think, yeah, if you're still feeling good, then absolutely keep doing exactly what you're doing until you have any, you know, signs of, you know, pain or discomfort or dizziness um, or lightheadedness, then yes, that's when we need to start to make changes. But if you don't, then I would definitely say keep doing what you're doing. And if there's really, you said exercise, if there's any one exercise I would encourage people to do, um, and not just pregnant women, um, this is everybody would be carries. Um, I have my mom um, during pregnancy and then also postpartum and also any of our training members at the studio, we do a lot of different types of carries. If you, if you think about it right now, today, you mean, Think of the last time you carried something, you know, it could have been your toddler today, it could have been your groceries. Um, it, it could have been anything. You definitely carried something in your life, like a cooler. So having the ability to carry something, you know, cooler. a cooler <laughs> properly is really important. And something I coach my moms with is you can all picture this, you know, you've got your baby, the baby in one hand or your toddler in one hand and your baby bag on the, the, you know, on the other side, and you're probably carrying something else too. And you're popping your hip out to the side. Um, it's a very common stance. I know you see Cassie a lot um, and treat a lot of people with, um, and it definitely can cause a lot of, you know, hip, hip pain and tightness and back pain and doing carries is one of the best things I think everyone should be doing. And it's something I've included in my training for years, even before being pregnant. And it's definitely helped with strength and posture um, and um, preventing injury for sure. So yeah, I would definitely going back to your question, I would definitely say, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Um, But if there's anything you should be adding, it would be carries 100%. I was actually going to ask you after that question, what the best exercises were to do during pregnancy. So you kind of already answered it. I love it. (laughs) Okay. So carries are good. What, if any exercises should be avoided? So you can get very specific with this. Um, And again, just based on uh, some of the women I've worked with, it is going to depend on the person. Um, anything that I've seen and experienced myself, um, any kind of jumping, um, sometimes, you know, it, it just can be very uncomfortable and also not feel very good. Um, and also cause leaking, which, um, is also sometimes not a great feeling. Um, and anything also that causes any 
really any pain or I already said leaking or anything that causes your belly to bulge out or have any pressure in your vagina, any type of exercise that is causing anything, any of those symptoms, you would definitely want to, you know, talk to your coach about, um, because there are a lot of things we can do in terms of, it could be even just fixing some, um, some form, some exercise form, or just doing a different, doing the exercise a little bit differently or a different type of progression. Um, so that's definitely something you want to, you know, keep an eye out for and watch for definitely. Yeah. And then the other, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Cass. No, I was just going to say, I know, obviously as a pelvic floor physio, I see people coming to me with those issues often, like the pressure or the pain or the, the belly or the leaking. And a lot of the time, like we said, there's not necessarily exercises that we need to demonize, but maybe that person just needs to do it differently. And I know you see people all the time and I work with people all the time where we just have to change one or two things. And maybe it's like the slightest thing that they don't think about. Maybe it's a breath pattern. Maybe it's a stance. Maybe it's something like that. And that can totally change the exercise in a good way. So it's a non-issue anymore. So a lot of times we just want people to talk to us and and tell us and bring it up, right? Because don't just kind of suffer through it because oftentimes it is something simple we can change. And if it's not something simple, then we can modify it entirely. You're 100% right. Sometimes it's just a matter of even just breathing um, during the right, breathing in and out during the right, um, right phase of an exercise. Um, or yeah, like I said, just taking people up on an incline sometimes, um, it's, it can be like these very small changes that actually just make the world of difference. Definitely. Definitely. Um, okay. So those are good ones to avoid. Are there any ones that maybe are risky and we should consider maybe not doing? Yes. I would definitely say certain things like contact sports, um, you would definitely want to, you know, think about the risk versus the reward there. Um, any type of high risk fall. So things like downhill skiing um, or anything where really at high temperatures like hot yoga. Um, again, you definitely want to be very careful doing these or makes- I would almost say, yeah, sorry, Cass. No, it makes sense. Ahead. I was going to say absolutely risk reward, right? At this time like does the reward benefit enough that is it worth the risk basically and I don't know that it would be for those things exactly again you just have to remind yourself it's not forever um it's doing the best thing at that moment and for this period of time but it's not going to be forever Uh, I remember earlier in our conversation, you mentioned some key quarter exercises you had your clients work with. And there's, I don't know, there's so much confusing and conflicting information out there for poor women everywhere. You Google it on on the internet. Where else would you Google it? You Google it on the internet. (laughs) And there's literally like, so you have another search engine. (laughs) I, I don't know yahoo do people use that one still sorry yahoo <laughs> <laughs> um but seriously if you do google it there's so much conflicting information out there so what core exercises are safe and okay to do and what are your key exercises you mentioned so I absolutely love bear crawls. Any of the moms know I absolutely love bear crawls. And we do bear crawls in all different types of directions. 
And I've often been known to have them balance things on their back, like a toy, one of their kids' toys. And I tried to convince them to balance if it's like their water or coffee on their back, but most of them don't <laughs> take me up on that offer. Um, but I, one of my favorites is bear crawls. Um, and it's, I, I love them so much because then I feel like it's something too that you eventually, the baby sees you do. So then it's like, oh, there you're crawling with them <laughs> so much so bear curls would be one and then um bird dogs are another one of my favorites as well and then another one that I absolutely love are stir the pots and again stir the pots are a great core exercise as you kind of progress in your trimesters those can get a little bit tougher um, if you're experiencing some back pain I know for myself I had to stop doing them and then would change it up with bear crawls or bird dogs um, or even side planks as well. But I would say those would definitely be my three top favorites. And again, there are a lot of different um, progressions to all of those like bear crawl holds um, and a, a lot of actually different ways we can also do bird dogs as well. But those would be my three favorite absolute ones. I love those ones too. <laughs> not always to do though, not going to lie. <laughs> now, as we go through and get to kind of the third trimester, if women are feeling good while doing these exercises, is it okay to keep doing or should they dial back as they get into the later stages of pregnancy? Again, it, it depends on that person and how they're, how they're feeling. Like I said, I know, um, just for myself, I had to scale back on a few things just based on the chronic back pain I was feeling. Um, but then with that being said, there are some moms I've worked with that have been able to continue doing certain core exercises. It really depends on how you're feeling. Um, and, and obviously if you're having any pain during anything, but again, with that being said, there are always a lot of different um, progressions or different types of exercises that we can do. And I often found for myself and even a lot of the moms that I work with, taking yourself up on an incline makes a world of difference because um, it really does help just take some of the pressure that you might be feeling um, off a little bit. Um, and you can still get some similar core strengthening effects as well. So um, yeah, that's what I would say actually for that. I like it. I mean, I feel like my next question is repeating my last one, essentially, because there's a theme here. When you Google exercise and pregnancy, there's a lot of conflicting, conflicting information. So thanks for clearing up the core piece. There's also a lot of moms who aren't sure what to do when it comes to single leg work or if they're allowed to lift heavy or people who might be doing CrossFit or Olympic lifting. Is there anything you can comment on with regards to those exercises and what moms or moms-to-be should know about? Yeah, so um, it's so frustrating, yeah, because there is so much information and it's hard to know what, you know, what to know what's right. Um, and again, like I said, if you go by how you feel, that would be one of the biggest things. Uh, single leg work, you know, um, during pregnancy, your balance is obviously going to be off um, because your whole center of mass is shifted and changed. So 
single leg work is going to be a little bit more challenging. Something I worked with a lot was the TRX. So that's a training tool that we use at the studio um, and I'll have some of my moms use as well if we have them at home because it helps give you a little bit of support. If you still wanna work some single leg work, there's nothing wrong with doing it. I think it's more the balance component that people have a harder time with. So again, it's just now knowing how to modify and change the exercise so you can still do it. Um, weightlifting, again, when you say weightlifting, I'm thinking more, you know, strength training and making sure you're still just lifting within the parameters that you feel comfortable with um, and not, you know, straining or causing any of that pressure that we talked about earlier um, that's going to allow for any bulging or leaking out. That's again, what you want to definitely be avoiding um, in terms of, you know, Olympic lifting. Again, I think you have to think of the risk versus the reward there. Um, I've done Olympic lifting, I've done power lifting and in my, from my own personal, you know, coaching um, and what I like to focus on, I wouldn't personally do it or coach it during pregnancy or coach anyone during it. I just, um, I look at the risk versus the reward. And again, for those nine months, um, again, it's not forever. Um, so it's something that I just wouldn't risk. Mm -hmm. I think that's really good advice. And I know it can be hard for some people, but like you said, it's only short term. It's like in the grand scheme of things, that year of your, of our lives is not a huge, like it is a huge part, but we can, we can modify. Right. And absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then what about exercises done on in supine? So on your back, so things like chest press, there's a lot, I know a lot of people are very fearful to lay on their back for any, any length of time. Absolutely. And, you know, when I'm just going to refer back to the guidelines that CSEP states, because I feel like this is something, again, I'd rather be safe with. And I think if you're experiencing any lightheadedness, nausea, or you feel unwell during any exercise when you're lying down on your back, then yes, you need to avoid it. And to be honest, um, if you really want to do chest press, you can do chest press on an incline, um, just propping yourself up on a BOSU ball, potentially, if you had a BOSU ball or even a stability ball. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can still do that. And if I remember, to be honest, too, like, it's just super uncomfortable. <laughs> like, you know, I would always sleep on obviously my side. Um, because it was it's just too hard to get up. Like my husband, Corey would have to roll me over if I ended up on my back, because it's just it's too hard. And it's too <laughs> uncomfortable. So I just remember that as well. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> Again, I'm just I'm gonna go back to what the guidelines say because I think that's really important to follow. But you know, you brought up chest press. If doing chest press is something that's gonna make you happy that day, then yes, there are ways that we can make that happen. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> How often did Corey roll you over? <laughs> oh. oh my god. <laughs> to get up in the morning, you're like, roll me over. I can't get up. <laughs> <laughs> remember we talked about like devices that should be made for women who are pregnant and it was like an adjustable bra to fit every single boob size and then it would 
find a device that could roll you over. <laughs> oh my God. You know what? I'm going to have to find that. We made that a while ago. I know it was on my Instagram. I put my um, Cassie Dion PT one. I'll have to find it and I'll post it. <laughs> Yeah, and it was also a button, like, that would, I think, like... Ooh, like, for unwanted advice, you could just, like, silence people or something. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Or people touching you without asking or something. I can't remember what it was. I'll yeah, have to look it up. Touch your belly? No, you can't touch your belly. <laughs> I don't know you, but... <laughs> uh, all right, I feel like it's important that we touch briefly on diastasis recti. So for the listeners who might not know, diastasis is a pretty common occurrence in pregnancy and postpartum. And it's essentially the separation of the rectus muscle or your six pack abs, right? And at least in terms of what I, in my opinion, and what I see is I think there's a lot of scaremongering Vanessa out there on the internet. And yeah, like if you Google it, people just get terrified that this will happen. But the truth is it's a normal part of your third trimester and it has to happen, but obviously it can become dysfunctional. And so my question for you is how does either being in your third trimester or having a a dysfunctional diastasis affect training and exercise? Well, I'm glad you're bringing this up because, you know, you actually helped me a lot during this because I was really scared um, and thought that I could actually, you know, stop it or prevent it. But you taught me that, no, it's, it's normal and it's okay. It's going to happen. Um, so thank you for that because it is, you know, you just, you just are scared <laughs> and you don't want it to happen, but it, it will happen. <laughs> um And I think the biggest thing is, you know, observing your breath um, and any tension and movement and avoiding any exercise that's going to cause any pressure or create any, you know, pressure in that abdominal wall that's going to cause that belly bulge that we talked about or any doming. Um, That's really what you want to want to focus on Um, and really, you know, working with a pelvic floor physio like you because it really helped me because I was really, really, I was scared. And it is. And like, like I said, there's so much scaremongering out there, but it happens a little bit during the third trimester, just so people can, you know, have room for their organs and their baby, right? (laughs) They they need to be space. (laughs) It's important. And it only becomes dysfunctional if that tension isn't moving well, or a lot of the doming is happening, or of course, postpartum, there's different, different things we can touch on and and I can help anyone who is nervous about maybe having one. But uh, I think it's important to talk about it. So people realize that if it separates a little bit, that's okay. But it's more if we see that bulging and, and discomfort, that's the, the issue. Yeah. And I, that's why I I was really glad like you helped me through that because, um, you know, it's just, again, it's something that I think it's just, it's just scary. You're just made to feel scared about it, but you don't necessarily have to, as long as you know, it's going to happen and you can't prevent it. Definitely. And working with people like you and, and hopefully a public floor physio like me, because we can walk you through it and, and guide you on what's good and what's maybe not good and what's considered normal and what's maybe not. So definitely. And then what about the pelvic floor? How does exercise affect our pelvic floor during pregnancy? Well, <laughs> um, 
it definitely a lot can change. And again, you definitely helped me with that because um, I remember coming to see you and, you know, you helping me trying to um, make sure that I was activating my pelvic floor properly and also like really not being able to do it properly. And I remember thinking as, you know, um, you know, an experienced fitness coach, and then also having a strong background in anatomy, I was really struggling with it and having a really hard time to do it. And it was definitely something really important to do because I wanted to make sure those muscles were strong, as strong as I, I could get them going, you know, into labor and delivery. So um, it's, it's definitely something that you want to address as early as you can. And I think not feel embarrassed about it because it's not as easy as you would think it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so true. I mean, the research tells you if like, so say we're talking about a specific pelvic floor contraction. If I sat here and I told the listeners exactly what to do, 50% of them would do it wrong. Even I if I do it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, just general exercise is good for our pelvic floor too. So I want people to know that as well. And so everything Vanessa's talked about is, is going to help with the pelvic floor, but yes, like the guidelines say, and like we're saying, it is really important to specifically train the pelvic floor. And that doesn't necessarily mean a thousand Kegels a day. Right. And I think that's another thing that the media and popular media says like do 500 Kegels a day. But the truth is you don't necessarily need to have a super strong pelvic floor, but it needs to coordinate and respond to the task and demands at that we place on it. So that could be laughing, coughing. It could be sneezing, getting up from the floor, picking up your toddler, all sorts of things. So that's where exercise in general helps, but specifically working with a therapist as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you touched on that too, because I remember thinking, yeah, I was just going to have to work on strengthening, but what you actually had me do was learn how to actually just relax those muscles um, and not realizing that um, that was also contributing to some back pain that I was having. You just forget, um, and this is coming from a person that studies anatomy and teaches it that everything is so connected that that was also affecting my back pain as well. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's really, really important to, you know, to work on it and work with someone that obviously like you, that knows. Absolutely. And like you said, it's not always about strengthening. It can be about relaxing too. <laughs> okay. okay. So say a woman is doing a training session. So she's working out. Are there any warning signs that she should maybe give it a rest for that day and just wait until the next day to continue? Yeah. So I, any, I, any of my, um, moms that I work with that are pregnant, um, I always ask them to make sure, you know, if they're experiencing any pain or dizziness or unusual discomfort or any shortness of breath, then we need to really just stop and then just make sure we're taking a break and we might need to revisit things, you know, the next day and maybe just sit and, relax for a few minutes. Again, you know, we said this, there's, there's no badge of honor here. Um, you really need to make sure you're listening to your body and doing what's going to be best for you at that specific moment. So those would be the things I would definitely 
you know, be watching for. And, you know, again, it's important working with, especially if you're starting, just starting working with, you know, an experienced coach um, is going to make a difference because like I said, starting an exercise program at program at any time in your life is really scary and challenging and hard. Um, during pregnancy, it feels like things are that, that much more stressful because you don't want to, you know, do anything wrong. So it's really important you start, you work with someone. I echo that statement. And I think it's so important. And I do think, just like you said, it's so important to listen to your body always like for anyone, but especially during this time. Yeah. And like you said, check your ego at the door and it's just, (laughs) it's a different focus when you're, when you're in pregnancy. Right. All right, Vanessa, I have one final question for you, but before I ask you that question, where can people find you? Are you on Instagram? Where can they find your strong as a mother classes? Tell us everything. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is coach Vanessa, and you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, My Facebook is coach Vanessa as well. (laughs) And you can also email me. um, And I, you can find me on our website, transformation training. So there's a lot of different places you can find me. And you can also find me through Cassie as well. Amazing. That's true. I can direct anyone to you. Now, because you're doing Zoom now since the COVID pandemic, does that mean people can be literally anywhere? People, yes, can be anywhere. And I actually have a few moms that um, train from out of town um, and join us through Zoom. And it's lots of fun, actually. And I train also one-on-one virtually as well, which is also great because you can just be literally anywhere in the world, which is a lot of fun. And it's just, it's a great community of people and moms that we have. And I just, I love them. They're so great. They're so just inspiring. Yes. Yeah, I know. Obviously you're very passionate and I love it. Um, so my final question, are you ready for it? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We have a woman and she just found out she's pregnant. So she just found out. Okay. Or maybe not just, but (laughs) I'm sure the very first thing she wants to do is, you know, tell her husband, but, (laughs) or her partner, but relatively soon, what three pieces of advice or homework would you give to someone who just found out they were pregnant? Regarding exercise. (laughs) Regarding exercise. Okay. Um, I would say, so regarding exercise, I have some exercise and non-exercise ones. I hope that's Um, just popped into my head. Um, So I would say exercise wise, um, because I see this a lot, is people focus after having the baby getting back to that pre-baby weight. And I would say the biggest thing to focus on is realizing that your body just went through um, um, a big change and transition. And it also just made a human and did an amazing thing. And when you're ready to start exercising again and that's going to be different for everybody um is to just focus on keeping the habit for yourself and not get wrapped up in fitting back into your pre-baby clothes 
you still have a body and an amazing body and it just did an amazing thing. And I think you should just keep focusing on the habit of exercise and not stress yourself out so much about getting back into those pre-baby clothes. Um, I see it so much and I think it causes a lot of stress on moms. There's already a lot of stress on us as moms, especially if you're a new mom, it's a lot and it's overwhelming and you're learning a lot. And I think it's just extra stress on us that we don't need. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The other thing I would say is this is now, I'm trying not to tear up, but I feel like this would be non-exercise stuff. I would say buy the expensive booties that you don't think you're going to wear um, where they might only wear once because they are so ridiculously cute and they're such a great keepsake and I think you should buy them and the last piece of advice I would give and actually someone gave this to me it was on my last day of maternity leave um, and she just said to me be kind to yourself um, it's you know, motherhood is an amazing journey, um, but it is very challenging. And to just be kind to yourself, because there are going to be some days where you find yourself crying in the bathroom, feeling at your lowest, and other days where your little one just wraps their arms around you and you don't understand how you lived without them. Um, and it's just such a wild mix of emotions and you just really, really need to be kind to yourself. I love it. I think that is such yeah. amazing and so important, that advice. And I, something I hope everyone listens to, not just moms-to-be, but especially everyone in this crazy transition of life. Yeah. yeah. Oh Well, thank you so, so much, Vanessa, for coming on the podcast. I know you are a wealth of information, and I'm so happy for all the incredible moms that get to work, for you, work with you yeah. because I know they are in good hands. And I trust no one more to work with my pregnant and postpartum women clients. So thank absolutely. you for everything you do. It's absolutely my privilege. I just enjoy every single moment of it. So thank you. Oh, awesome. Well, I'm sure I'll make sure to tag you. So if people have any questions, they can find you. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks again. <laughs> Bye.